How did the Lord Jesus Christ unite divinity and humanity within himself? And how do we connect to divine humanity in ourselves? We stretch our minds and follow Swedenborg as he unpacks the brief biblical phrase, because of Abraham my servant, right now inside off the left eye. Knock, knock, Dr. Jonathan Rose. It's Chelsea Odner here with Curtis Childs. Hey, how are you? Oh, come on in, come on in, bring it in. Yay, group hug, group hug. All right. <laughs> oh, that's better. There we go. So great to see you both. We missed you. We've missed you so much. Same, same. These weeks are, it's just long between sessions, isn't it? <laughs> I know, right? We've, we've done it. We've lived another week. We've had a whole lot of life between then and now, and now we get to come back to, like we said, drink, drink from this well of this everlasting font <laughs> of nourishment. <laughs> well, I thought this time I would give you some light fare. It's just about the relationship of the divine and the human in the Lord. Okay. I'll set my mind on autopilot. <laughs> yeah, good. Just breeze, breeze through this. Uh, we're still in Secrets of Heaven, Volume 4, which is so fun. It's just amazing what's in that volume. This is 2798. It says, It is also known that the Lord was born to the Virgin Mary, but this was a birth like that of any other person. When he was born again, in other words, was made divine, it was from Jehovah who was in him and who was the very essence of his life. The uniting of his divine and human natures was a mutual reciprocal process so that he united his divine nature with his human nature and his human nature with his divine. So what struck me the most in there was just that alignment of, I never hear people say that Jesus was born again. Right, yep. But he really took born again to another level. <laughs> yes, showing us the way. I just think that's so cool. And the what I love about Swedenborg's writings, what his stuff gives us is this balance between the divine and the human. I mean, I guess we drew a ratio or you know like the ratio is absurd, right? Like I know we've had Jonathan yes. talk about that on episodes, but there's still something about emphasizing like, like just what you said, the divine to the human and the human to the divine. Like, it's not like, well, the divine came in and then finally just blew the human to bits and that <laughs> was the end of the human story, you know? And like, now it's all divine. True. And I just think that that's something we can so easily, there's a lot of that out there of like super soul focused, you know, or like super spiritual life to the point that you're just like, you know, feeling like, oh yeah, if I could just leave this human thing behind, that would be the best. But but there's something like generative and exciting when I hear Swedenborg talk about like they're both part of the equation somehow, you know, and how do you make that? How do you make sense of that in your life? You know, like this, this embodiment hmm. side, this human side is, is a part of it. Yeah. When you first read that, I thought to myself, oh, snap, we're celebrating wrong because we celebrate Jesus's person birth at Christmas, but yeah. nobody celebrates at all. Jesus's rebirth, because you don't know when it happened, but actually God could have just, I'm going to go right to the rebirth, 
but that wasn't how it could work. It had to have this birth, human birth, in order for the rebirth to happen. So there you have that same, even though there's this really important God-infused one, it it's in partnership with and needs this human birth to happen before it. Yeah. A new thought is striking me that never struck me before that if the Lord can do it, we can certainly do it. Like the bar was very high for uniting what is divine and infinite with what's human and finite and frail. So for us just to sort of get our inner and outer self roughly aligned and cooperating, you know, it's doable. I'm going to give it a shot. Yeah. (laughs) This next one is about the relationship between the word and the Lord's divine humanity. And it begins with just one of these pithy phrases. It's so great to be able to share these with you because otherwise there's a work stoppage. You know, I I hit the passage and it's just like, wait, I've got to think about that. What did you just say? But this way I add it to the list and then I get to share it with you and and then I can move on and I know I'll have a chance to think about it again. As an aside, what I do is I'll come across, I'll be reading any Swedenborg, not something that I'm obviously translating it about to publish, but I'll be like, this is so great. So I'll stick a bookmark in there and I'll just kind of leave it there till I need my bookmark again because I only have a few of them. And then I'll just have to be like, okay, I have to give this passage up and I hope I encounter it again sometime. Because same thing, like what do you do with it? It's just so cool, but it's what just do you too do with much. it? Yeah. It's so great. It's true. And now, Curtis, you're going to get a lot of bookmarks for Christmas from our listeners. <laughs> That's right. Now we know what to get you. So this is 2894. Since the word means the Lord's divine humanity, it means all the truth that tells of and comes from him in his kingdom in the heavens and in his church on earth. That's why it says that in him was life. The life was the light of humankind, and the light appears in the darkness. I love that definition of the word or like truth that just like, what he, I mean, what he just said, but it's just amazing to think of in such an expansive way what that is. Everything that tells of or and or comes from yeah. The Lord is the word. I, that, I can understand that. And in, in heaven as well as on earth, so everywhere. It gives me a different idea of what that light is. Yeah. So oh, that's so beautiful that the Lord came with light. There's such great imagery in, in the Bible about all this. But to think, oh, the light is just, it's an image of him. It's when it allows you to see him. It's truth about him. It's the truth that comes from him. That's the light that shines on us. When we realize who that really is, then we've been taken from darkness into light. That's so great. This next one is a little longer, and uh, it contains in there a recipe for how to approach the Lord and what we're doing when we sort of turn to the Lord. And it even has a kind of description of how heavenly angels take the name the Lord and what they think about is different 
than what spiritual angels think when they hear the same name. Oh, interesting. And that's in here too. See if you see if you catch it. And it's all from Swedenborg explaining a very simple phrase because of Abraham my servant. That's it. That's the biblical phrase that he's talking about. So it's just great to see what he does with that. Hmm. To me it almost sounds like just sort of polite speech. You know, Abraham my servant mm-hmm. or something. Because of Abraham my servant means from the Lord's divine humanity. This can be seen from the representation of Abraham as the Lord's divinity and also as his divine humanity and from the symbolism of my servant where it describes the Lord as his divine humanity. So the humanity part is the servant. Not that his divine humanity is a servant because it too is Jehovah, but that the Lord served the human race through it. By it, meaning his human manifestation, we are saved, as we never could have been had the Lord not united his humanity with his divinity. And then listen to this, enabling us to mentally gaze on and worship his human side and in this way approach his divine side. Our union with divinity itself, called the Father, takes place through the divine humanity called the Son. So it takes place through, quote-unquote, the Lord, whom spiritual people take to mean his humanity, but heavenly people take to mean divinity itself. Clearly, then, the Lord's divine humanity is called a servant because... It serves his divinity by providing us with access to it and because it serves the human race by saving us. That's what Abraham, my servant, symbolizes. Oh, man. <laughs> I love that. I love, you. I love that you put it on our radar to pay attention to the difference between the spiritual and heavenly, I guess, was what you said. But that, like, yeah. uh, the... The divinity itself is like, that's just, that's amazing. I just love it. It's one of those things that conveys to me how through the Bible, through this human manifestation and the Bible as we have it and everything, everything that we have from that is this sort of covers everything. You know, like no matter where you are in your journey, you can get fed by this and it's going to lead you to deeper and deeper uh understanding and experience, you know, perception and stuff. And that's just awesome. I feel like he dropped the mic. I just feel like, (laughs) yeah, thanks for reading. I I have nothing further to add. (laughs) I love the fact that um, it moves me that he says that that servant serves divinity but the way it ser- how do you serve divinity? What can you do for divinity? Oh, it serves divinity by providing us with access to it. Yeah. Because divinity wants nothing more than that. Exactly. Yeah. To be a bridge to us really getting how alive and real and present that divinity is in us, you know, wanting that partnership. I'm really showing 
just how different divinity is from what we think of as power. Mm. Because if I thought, oh, you know, I've, I've done really great. I've amassed a bunch of wealth and power and there's someone who's really going to serve me. What would they do? Well, they'd probably take care of my calendar for me and something, something. <laughs> right. <laughs> or or yeah, go do something that makes me happy. And the idea of God having all the wealth and power that exists and something that really serves God is something that gives us access to God for our benefit. That's a different, it's a, it's a horse of a different color. That is interesting. And to get all that out of three words. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. That's one of those, uh, one of those numbers where it's like, you you should bookmark it, you know, <laughs> and yeah. read it over and over yeah. and over again. Like, I feel like I could just yeah live off of that alone for like a month or more and just keep mm. coming back and pondering what, it. It's amazing. What number was it? Ah, this, I don't think I said the number, did I? It's 3441. Cool. Okay. Bookmark's going in. Bookmark's going in. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, and that's so that's also in Secrets of Heaven, Volume 4? That's it. So, hey, by this fall, people are going to be able to be bookmarking the very same translation themselves. That's right. Check it out for yourself. This is, these are just little gems, but the whole thing, it's just full of material like that, building your understanding. It's such a long argument in a good way, you know? Mm. Mm-hmm. It's like a whole series of, uh, you know, novels or something that you build this whole understanding of another world. I love that. Well, this has been such a journey through contemplating as you presented it, like, yes, the divine and the human and how they how they connect. And it's like, yep, mind blown. Like, I can... <laughs> it's given me a lot to... To think about, it's going to be one of those ones that's just like, I don't. It, at some point, it'll like precipitate into thoughts in my mind, but I feel like it's just like in my mind <laughs> right mm. now or something. <laughs> oh, yeah. I so. I despair of being. I'm 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 like a child in a blueberry patch without a basket, and I'm just trying to hold it all in my hands. Cute. <laughs> and you maybe have some evidence of having eaten several of those blueberries on your face. (laughs) A few. Yeah, a few. (laughs) Oh, well, such a great harvest. Thanks so much, Jonathan, for having us. And I look forward to next time. It was a real blessing to talk about these things with you. I just love sharing this and the joy that builds as we, you know, look at these things together. Thank you. Yes, yes. Thank you. All the different perspectives, hearing each of your thoughts, and then I love to think of it going out and sparking thoughts in all of the listeners, and yes, and right. who knows what you know, cool new ideas are are coming into people's minds through it. So that's just amazing. I hope your heart was uplifted and your mind inspired by this week's NCE Spotlight. Subscribe to the Inside Off the Left Eye podcast to tap into this stream of fresh insights and join us on our excursions into the historical context of Swedenborg's life and works. All passages quoted in this episode are sneak peeks from upcoming volumes of the New Century Edition translation of Secrets of Heaven. 
If you've benefited from the work of the Swedenborg Foundation through Off the Left Eye and the New Century Edition, consider supporting us with a donation. We are a nonprofit and depend on the support of our donors. To give, go to Swedenborg.com slash donate. And thank you for listening.